Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast. I'm Mark Schoffman, a freelance personal finance journalist, and I'm joined by my financial planner friend, Joshua Gersler, who runs an advisory business called The Orchard Practice. Hello. If you'd like to know a little bit more about us, you can check me out at www.cavendishcontent.com and josh at www.topfs.co.uk. Each episode, we aim to give our perspective on the world of finance and money, and discuss some of the issues that crop up in business as well as everyday life. We hope that you'll learn something from our podcast as well as have some fun too. I want to ask you about your approach to Zoom meetings and meetings in general. You're asking me that? As part of the podcast. podcast. Yeah, just just our general chat. So when someone gives you a time, is that that the time you start logging in or or are you ready for that time usually? I'm ready for that time. I must apologise I'm not tonight, but I fell asleep on the couch. Did you really? I did, yeah. It's been a tough day, Mark. It has. I've been in the sunshine with four kids. It's tough. Yeah, I imagine. Any alcohol involved? I may have had a beer this afternoon in the garden. <laughs> but I think that's an interesting thing about meetings because some people see a start time as a time to start arriving and to start logging in, whereas others, like me... I'm I'm there. I'm already logged in, waiting for for like the host to start, or you know, for it all to kick off. Same. Yeah, I found not, um, not tonight. No, not tonight. But I found um, when sometimes when I have telephone meetings with clients when they're arranged times, yeah. you call them, you can't get hold of them. Yeah, and either they call back straight away, which is fine, or sometimes you you just don't hear for the next day, and you're thinking, well, what's the point of arranging a meeting? Yeah, and you wouldn't just not turn up to someone's office. Yeah, and you plan your well, whole you day around with people. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's bad. Yeah. What can you do, eh? What can you do? How are you doing? If so, we're still in lockdown. Yeah, we've got the CD on lockdown. Still on lockdown. There was something I wanted to ask you about lockdown. Ask it. Don't be uh, shy. How is your um, fitness doing during lockdown? Um, how is my fitness doing? I decided long ago that, never to live in it. Sorry, carry on. That I was going to try and keep my fitness during the lockdown. I decided at the beginning of lockdown that, well, we ordered a, a treadmill. Yeah. In fact, a week or two before lockdown, just because we wanted to have one at home, which still hasn't arrived. Hey. That's from Sports Direct. They said they're waiting for the couriers to pick it up at their end and deliver it so we'll see what happens there so i haven't done any of that um i walked to your house today you did and back so you could give me a headphone we kept our social distancing in case anyone's worried you, you chucked it to me across the road i did uh, but i've been doing the plank every day oh that's good how long do you plank for well the first day i did a minute and i've been trying to add on about five seconds or so every day so how many minutes how so what are you on now so I did a minute 45 this morning. Very good. You must yeah. you must have a very flat tummy until you oh, have that Oh, well, beer. you know me. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then um, a few press-ups. Yeah. I don't, you know, I, I would like to be doing more, but it's uh, I'm not quite in the zone yet. What about you? I thought I would use the lockdown as a chance to get fit and ripped. And I thought well, there was no excuse not to get fit because you're in all day. There's always got to be some time to exercise. But it turns out with kids and work and homeschooling, 
and everything else that's going on. There isn't actually as much time as you think. So there's, I no have time. Been, there's no time. But I have been trying to do a bit. There was an interesting workout that the Times printed a few weeks ago. So I've been following that. You just okay. turn, turn a page at a time. There's <laughs> uh, actual exercises. So I've been trying to do that. But I don't, I don't think I'm going to fulfill my aim to um, be ripped by the summer months. Though you, I want, saw, you want to be bikini ready? Bikini ready. Not that there's going to be anywhere to go. I did see an interesting tweet that a business guru put out, which he got a lot of criticism for, where he said, if if it gets to the end of the lockdown and you haven't either got really fit or built a new business brand, then you've wasted your time. But it's I, not, get, I, get, I get the uh, the thought process, trying to motivate people to make the most of this. Don't just sit on your backside doing nothing. Yeah, but I think but it's he not easy, is it? Exactly. This guy probably doesn't have kids. Probably no. doesn't have a lot of other responsibilities. No, fair enough. Yeah. So I was supposed to be going on holiday today. Oh, yeah. How how, yeah. Was, how was your flight? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't leave. Cancels. Yeah. No. What do you think you'd be doing now? Um, pr- probably just be landing, I think. <sighs> Shame. Sell our V-Mark. Sell our V-Mark. Alive and healthy. Did the boys remember that they're supposed to be flying? Yeah, I've been talking about it, but they're not uh, they're not that bothered. They're quite good about the whole thing. That's good. My girls keep asking about things we can do after lockdown. And I just keep saying yes, because it could just be forever. So, well, obviously it won't be forever, but they hopefully they won't remember all the things they've been asking for. It's going to cost you a lot of money. It's going to cost saying, a yes. lot of money, yeah. Keep the discipline, Mark. Keep the discipline. Keep the discipline. So a lot has been changing. A lot of um, upheaval in the markets uh uncertainty i wanted to talk on this episode about mortgages okay if that's all right we can see where this goes that's all right because well there's been talk about effectively about the house housing market being on lockdown not able to buy or sell but a lot of people still have, have gone to all this effort of saving money for a mortgage and we'll still have their dreams of getting on a property ladder. And if this is all going to last three months or whatever, should people wait or can you still get a mortgage? That's about three questions at once, isn't it? Yeah, let's try and uh, answer that as best we can. So the mortgage market over the last two weeks has profoundly changed. Mm. Um, or the property market as well. So lenders are... Well, the biggest thing is lenders can't get surveyors to go out to properties to do physical valuations. So that's when someone goes to the property and says, yes, it is worth hundred thousand pounds, a million pounds, whatever it may be. Mm. How often does valuation? Yeah. Carry on. How often do surveyors actually do that? Though? Cause I thought usually it's just a drive by, not where they shoot people, but they drive by. paying too much GTA. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's most, most, purchases as a physical valuation and probably a large proportion of remortgages i don't know the percentage you could probably look that up whilst we're chatting but if they can't value a property it means they can't gain comfort that it's suitable to lend against so what some of them are doing now are what's called automated valuations or desktop valuations right where they do it on a computer to work it out but because of that they're being very strict about the type of property and the value of the property and the loan to value 
that they will lend against. So the amount of deals available is dramatically reduced over the last couple of weeks. A lot of lenders won't lend above 70% at the moment. That's 70% loan to value. Yeah. So it's it's big changes. Some of them will happily take your application, but will pause it at the valuation stage. Other big changes are that they're nervous about people's income, and you can understand that. Sure, yeah. So um, I'm doing a mortgage at the moment for a client we applied just before the weekend. That was with NatWest, and the client has had a 15% salary reduction put in place until the end of this year. Oh, goodness. So, but we've applied on the basis of the lower salary, mm-hmm. and we have to send in proof of that lower salary. Um, but lenders, they're quite quite rightly a bit a bit nervous. So if someone's been furloughed, are they going to say, yeah, we'll take your furloughed salary, or are they going to say, well, we don't think you're going to have a job to go to when we get back? Some of them are now no longer looking at commission and bonuses. They're thinking, well, how secure are commission bonuses that you got previously? So it's big, big changes. I mean, look, we're, it's very early days, and we're right in the thick of things at the moment. And I'm sure over the coming weeks and months, things will stabilize. But we're getting emails every day and phone calls from lenders saying this is our updated criteria. So it must be hard if lenders are not giving mortgages above 75% loan to value because a lot of that would be first-time buyers who are going for the low deposit loans. Yeah, correct. I mean, people aren't going to look at properties at the moment because of the social distancing. I don't think most people... Most people wouldn't want someone in their house walking around having a look. Mm. And at the same time, um, you probably wouldn't want to go to see a property. We're finding that the amount of new inquiries for purchases is pretty much fallen off a cliff. So there's one or two. Still, obviously, lots of people remortgaging. And deals that have already started are still working their way through the system. But people aren't looking at properties. People aren't making offers. People aren't buying. So. Most of the activity then, if there's any, is remortgaging. Remortgaging and deals that are ready in process. Okay. And most ones that are in process, so you mentioned that it's sort of, a lot of them get to the survey stage. So what, what have they passed already? Have they already passed the kind of affordability tests and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, these are probably ones that have actually already been offered. And it's more now the legal side of it. So should someone complete, exchange complete at the moment? What are your views on that? I think I would want to exchange if I've got a property I really wanted and I would just say I need a delayed completion. And I think for in this market, I don't know why someone would say no to that because you don't know what's going to happen at the end with prices and affordability and, and I guess with your own income or whatever. So you need to get stuff going so that when everything bounces back again hopefully you're, you're ready to go i think it depends I, I agree and i think it depends on your situation if i was a first time buyer i'd probably be more willing to wait because i can't see air properties shooting up during or after this pandemic yeah so if I was a first-time buyer, I might think, well, there's a chance prices have come down. I'll hold off and, and wait and see. But if I'm a home mover, 
and taking a step up the ladder. I'm probably doing so because I found what might be my dream home and I wouldn't want to risk missing out by waiting. So I think I would exchange and, and have a delayed completion until it's okay to get removal men in and things like that. Hmm. Because when I remember the old days before coronavirus. Do you remember when Rock was young? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you and Susie. Eh? Me and so Susie, much so much fun. What's the next line? I don't know, carry on. So that's not the next line. Um, I remember writing stories about the number of mortgage approvals hitting record highs in sort of January and February, and then coronavirus hit, and obviously that's kind of falling. So what, what trick is happening with those mortgage approvals? Are they, can you delay an offer? Can you delay an approval? Like what happens to that loan? from from what whose point of view the lenders or the borrowers both well you wouldn't the lenders if they're happy with everything and they've underwritten everything they would issue the offer yeah um a lot of them now are extending the length of offers so where a month ago the typical time that a mortgage offer was valid for was three to six months so that means from when you get the documentation till you have to complete that was three to six months most lenders now added another three months on that so the typical time is six to nine months to give people more time to complete that's helpful yeah they're doing what they can the lenders they're not being difficult on purpose this is unknown territory so they're trying to put in sensible plans they want to lend so they make their money they don't want to be difficult what about if you want to get ahead of when this all ends and because if there's going to be all this pent-up demand hopefully is it worth um getting a mortgage in principle or anything like that just so you're set up and ready to go well it won't make a difference because it's going to be based on the criteria now so i think there's no point applying if you don't need it what if you're um self-employed because i guess if you are on paye and you get a regular salary at the moment you're either going to be getting paid or you're going to be put on this furlough scheme so either way you've got income getting it coming in but for a self-employed person there the government support isn't going to kick in until june yeah so it's already hard enough to prove your income if you're self-employed how do you do it now if you're in the midst of trying to get a mortgage well, when you're self-employed and you apply for a mortgage, it's all done on historical information. So the last, the latest year's accounts or the latest three years' accounts. So I imagine, and I haven't had this yet, but I imagine a lender's going to still ask for that same information, but they're going to do pretty rigid assessment of whether they believe your income is going to continue moving forwards. So, for example, if you are a self-employed waiter in a restaurant yeah they're going to be thinking well hang on a minute this guy's not going to be working very much at the moment or a let's take a self-employed fitness instructor they might be thinking well they won't be able to do face-to-face training but maybe they're doing video training so i think they're going to do rigid assessments of everyone's income okay Hmm. What do you think happens after all this? 
because if if this does last three months and a lot of lenders don't they ask for the last three months of salary when looking at a mortgage application for employed applicants yeah, yeah so back to employ yeah unemployed applicants and then if we have three months now where a lot of people will be earning less or not earning anything at all and then yeah. suddenly they are back in work would people have to wait another three months to apply for a mortgage I think lenders will ask for one month pay slip back to normal. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be back back to your normal income for a month. And they might even write to employers to confirm that the employer's position is still there and um, there's no plans to terminate it. That's what I reckon. What do you think? I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be tricky. I think they'll I think lenders are gonna to have to have one sort of universal agreement where they say, oh, yeah, the last three months were a bit of a write-off. We're going to be a bit more flexible. Yeah, maybe say, we'll look at one month. Because it just doesn't seem fair that if you've been saving for a mortgage already and you've come to your, you've had three months thought, I'm going to apply for a mortgage and now you've been hit with this. And then if this lasts another three months, you've already wasted six months. And then to have to wait another three months, it's hard if you're, hoping to kind of move out of your parents' house or, I don't know, you're trying to step up a property ladder. Yeah, it's, they they are not going to make it, there's not, not going to be a giveaway from the lenders. Whilst they want to lend, and that is their business, they're not going to do risky lending that's going to see them, or you would hope they're not going to do risky lending that's going to see it all unravel in the short term. Hmm. The other thing I was thinking about, is stamp yeah. duty, stamp duty, yeah? Because there are predictions from some agents about the number of transactions falling by up to forty-five percent in some cases, which obviously is a big reduction in stamp duty from the Treasury, which is already shelling out lots of money on coronavirus business interruption loan guarantees and all sorts of important small business support. Do you think in the future they're going to try and recoup all this money? Like we're going to see increase stamp duty one day well one one day is a bit open-ended so who knows if stamp duty is going to go up or down in the future do i think in the short term stamp duty is going to go up probably not because they're not going to want to discourage the property sector mm. this sort of 45 percent reduction i don't know whether they're saying that is for the month of march 2020 april 2020 for the year yeah, so yeah okay yeah so I don't know, would things be down by half if there are... It depends how long this goes on for, doesn't it? If there's three months worth of this, would transactions fall by half because of one quarter of inactivity? That's I don't know. Shrugging your shoulders for listeners. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a bit of uh, sensationalism there. Okay. I see more of a need for there probably be rises in the future in income tax corporation tax less generous reliefs in other areas to pay for all this uh spending by rishi sunik mm. which i agree with by the way i agree with the spending but someone's got to pay for it at some point yeah what about credit reports do you think there's going to be more of a because i guess if people are going to be falling behind a bit on payments is that going to affect them? The banks going to have to be a bit more lenient about what they're seeing? Yes. 
Um, mortgage lenders have said if you take a payment holiday with your lender, then it won't get noted down as missed payments or late payments on your credit report. So that won't come up. Okay. There are s- certain other types of lending that are getting a bit more lenient. Overdrafts are, are changing their rules. Credit card companies are getting a bit more lenient. Notably, car finance hasn't done that yet or payday loans hasn't done that yet. So I think lenders, it's, it's a very tricky one. I mean, what do you think? If you if you were a lender, but then again, no. If you were a lender and someone came to you to borrow money yeah. and you looked at this three-month period and you saw they missed payments on everything, you would understand why they did that, but that doesn't mean you will allow it. You'd probably be a bit more cagey, tentative. Yeah, tentative. So, yeah, if if the normal policy for that lender is they don't lend to people who have had missed payments or late payments, they'd know the reason why, because everyone was off work or whatever it may be. But they may say, well, we only want to lend to people who were prudent with their finances, had savings, prepared for a lack of income for a few months. So um, I know that's a harsh view to take, but from a lender, they want to make sure someone's going to be able to pay their money back that they've borrowed. Yeah. So I, so I think different lenders will take different approaches. Some will say, don't worry about it, the world was a mess. Some will probably say, well, if you want to have the rates that we've got, you needed to be prepared for this type of thing and had money to cover it have you had a lot of clients ask for mortgage holidays or do you do you help with that sort of stuff or do they phone the bank themselves the lenders need the borrowers to contact them direct so if anyone's been asking us we've provided them the details that they need to do so would i say i've had a lot no the, uh, a decent amount but as a proportion of the clients we have in the mortgage we arranged very small amount do you think it's a misleading term, mortgage holiday? Because it's not really a holiday, is it? Because it just it's extends really. a mortgage. You don't, get, you don't get a drink by the beach. <laughs> you don't get your bed made for you every night. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it should be a mortgage deferment, shouldn't it? Yeah. Because they still pay. It's just technically their mortgage becomes three months longer. Correct. So just freezing it for a few months and adding it, adding it on the end. I do think it is a bit misleading. Yeah. What about do you in the buy-to-let market? Are you getting a lot of requests for... Holiday, holiday, no, deferments there? Um, one or two, very small in that area so far. I think that's a couple of reasons. I think that's because that, that'll probably be more this month because people don't know yet if their tenants are going to pay the rent. Yeah. So I think if the tenants are then not paying the rent, people might start saying, well, we might take a holiday and I'll buy to let. But I'm under the, I guess, the... the uh, the opinion for this that if you are going to be a landlord you have to prepare for rental voids in any case and have funds available to cover it if you don't have a tenant or the tenant doesn't pay so i don't envisage a massive amount of that it's been an interesting one the buy to let holidays though because a lot of tenants are saying why should the landlords get a holiday when they would still be charged rent but my understanding is that you can only get the mortgage holiday on a buy-to-let if a tenant can't actually pay rent rather than a landlord not having to pay anything and the tenant paying. 
Yeah, I don't think the lenders are going to specifically check and say, can you send in your bank statement so we can see if your tenant has paid? Yeah. Um, but tenants, so the tenants are saying we don't want our landlords to have a holiday. What, well, some are saying say? some are saying their landlord could take a holiday but still charge them rent. We should charge them rent. But, but again, still get, as you said, it's not a holiday, is it? No, but still take the rent. Should a landlord, uh, well, I don't think they're allowed, I don't think that's possible anyway, but should, can a landlord carry on charging Should the tenants still pay the rent? Yeah. Yeah, if they can, aff- if, if, if as a tenant you can afford to pay your rent in these, in this situation, then you should still pay it. But then the landlord if, wouldn't need the holiday. Correct, yeah, they yeah. shouldn't need it. There's going to there's gonna be a lot of people taking advantage of things in this situation. But as we said, for the mortgage holidays, it is not a holiday. They're still going to have to pay it at some point. Commercial mortgages are taking a slightly different approach because they haven't been covered by all this emergency legislation. Okay. So commercial mortgage would be for a non residential property so there might be an office a shop um i don't know why i can't think of any other a restaurant that type of thing yes um and they're not covered by the rules so landlords are not allowed to evict tenants in this three-month period and start proceedings on tenants in this period yeah they can afterwards but most of the lenders now sort of a, a week or two behind are putting in their own policies in place to try and help landlords if their tenants aren't paying. What what do they do? Well, similar sort of thing. So a lender might say, well, if your tenant's not paying you, let's try and give you a mortgage holiday or a mortgage deferment for a few months. What? So your off, you have an office, the orchard practice has an office. Do, do you own your office or is it rented? It's a bit of both. A bit of both. Do you have to pay the rent? While you're not there, should you have to pay the rent when you're not there? Of course, yeah. If you sign a lease to occupy a building, then you should have to pay the rent. But what if that? I've, I mean, this isn't one personal to you. I just find it weird with uh, there's all these communal offices like WeWork and those sorts of things, where there's lots of different businesses that can't go and trade from anyone because they've been closed. Yet they still have to pay rent. I don't know if that's some of those WeWorks are very short term, aren't they? So you might have a week or a, a month at a time rolling contract. So you could just end your contract, can't you, when the the week or the month is is over? But if you signed a lease for one year, three years, five years, ten years, whatever it is, it's not your landlord's fault that you cannot go to work. So your landlord shouldn't be responsible for that. If the landlord made the property uninhabitable so that you couldn't work there, then you shouldn't have to pay rent. But if it's some other reason, then I think you've still got to pay your rent if you've signed an agreement. Okay. You know me. No, uh, what's the word? Zero tolerance. Zero tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> no tolerance. Yeah. But society just can't, we can't keep handing out freebies and people are looking for ways out of every single uh, contract they have. So, I get my newspaper delivered. If it wasn't delivered one day, I'm not going to start kicking up a massive fuss to the Times and saying, I want my money, but you didn't deliver it. So I know what's going on in the world. We all need to work together in these difficult times. So if you are a landlord and your tenant is struggling, hopefully you're going to have compassion for them and try and work with them 
to help them out. If you are someone buying goods from shops and there's a bit of a problem, a bit of a delay, hopefully you're going to help them and, and not be impatient and try and work things out. If you have, if you are an employer, hopefully you can keep your staff working. If you are an employee, hopefully you will understand if your employers can't. I just think it's a time where people need to have a bit of tolerance and understanding. I know I said zero tolerance before, but I mean, we all need to try and help each other and, and work together in these difficult times. How long are you willing to wait for your treadmill? Well, I'm not going anywhere. Um, I don't know, really. If it doesn't come, it doesn't come. We didn't order it, especially for the lockdown. So uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll let Mrs. G decide about that. Okay. Yeah, but if it didn't come, it wouldn't be a question of asking for compensation or anything. I just would expect my money back, which would be the dumb thing if they haven't delivered. And so you should. Yeah. Okay. Is that all we have time for? Uh, I had a couple of jokes from my kids today. Okay, give me some jokes. What's a sheep's favourite meal? Lamb. A barbecue. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Where does a cow go for fun? Uh, to the uh, movies. Very good. Yeah. I'm not so sure about that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. The first one was okay. good. Okay, you like the first one. Wasn't bad. Yes. Yeah. Cut out the second one. Okay. <laughs> Good. Well, um, that's all we have time for. Okay. You know what? I quite enjoy this uh, remote podcast. I don't have to sit in your office. Do you not miss miss me? No. Us? The time together? You're looking next to you to where I usually sit thinking, yeah. where is he? Where is Where's he? my mate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you started drinking more alcohol, do you think, since you've been on lockdown? There's a bit of a worry about no. rising alcoholism. No? It's very easy to uh, be sitting there drinking every evening. Yeah. I, about a, I think it was about a year ago, decided I wasn't going to drink during the week anymore. I wasn't going to drink Monday to Friday. Yeah. So only on the weekend. So I've stuck to that so far in the lockdown. Weeks and week- It would be quite easy to. Yeah. It's meaningless now, week and weekend. It's all the same day no because i'm it, it i think you have to try and make life as i wouldn't say normal as possible but trying to have a routine so i'm working monday to friday yeah but i'm not working saturday or sunday because it's so easy if you're working from home to be in that room every day working but that is the time that i'm spending with my kids with my wife so i do have a distinction at the moment between week and weekend you finding you're drinking more a little bit I'm guessing you are because you asked the question Oh, as you raise a bottle up to the uh, the screen. I did. There was no bottle. I was just subliminal messages. That, I've been uh, so beer. I think is a bit fatty. If I'm going to be trying to keep fit during the uh, lockdown, so this is Copperberg fruit cider. Bit girly, but if you keep Arr, it, fruit cider, if you keep it in a bottle, no one knows it's pink. So, okay. Yeah. Very good. Very good. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. And we will catch up soon. Please remember, anything discussed in this programme should not be viewed as financial advice. But if you do need support, please contact me at mark, M-A-R-C, at cavendishcontent.com or visit the Orchard Practice website at www.topfs.co.uk. You can also find us on Twitter at InforAPennyPod1, at Mark Schoffman and at Josh Gersler. If you'd like to leave us feedback, there's a link in the show notes telling you how to do that. 
We really appreciate any comments you provide. And do post any financial issues you'd like us to cover. Thank you for being in for a penny. <laughs> <laughs>